0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the goddamn podcast. The way I say hello, everyone, is that annoying? I find it annoying. I'm not going to say hello, everyone, anymore. I'm going to say, like, hey. That's, that sounds that's much worse. Luckily, I don't have my earphones in. I forgot. On? Do you put earphones on or in? I guess you put the earbuds in, and you put the earphones on. All right, this is already off the rails. Guys, it's decision time. I know... You tuned in. You tuned in to hear what my decision was going to be. And I'm going to tell you that I am taking my talents to Ottawa, Canada. That's right. It's official. Well, actually, it's not official at all. There's nothing official about this. And I could change my mind at any moment. But uh, it looks like we're going to Ottawa. Ottawa. In a year. Got to have some wind down time. Got to have some time to wind it down. I want to go, but I'm not ready to go right now. Why do I want to go? I don't know. I feel like sometimes, guys, you need a change. You need, and I'm old. I'm 40 years old. Four zero. That's like, you know, that's an eighth of your life gone. Right there. 40 years old. And you know what you want when you're 40? Ladies and germs, long-time listeners to the podcast, you know what you want when you're 40? Because I keep telling you, it's comfort. It's comfort because your old, decrepit body can't take it anymore. You know, cities, oh, goodness gracious, are they lovely. When you're young and, and you're out and about, And if, you know, you get trapped downtown at some homeless shelter, it doesn't matter. They locked the doors before you could get out. You just went in for a free bowl of soup. Now you're stuck all night long. Doesn't matter. You can sleep bunched up in the staircase. Wake up right as rain. No problem, because you're in your 20s. But nowadays, oh my God, you need like a plush mattress with, what, a 200-thread count Coming from Egypt and shit like just to be, just to not be a disaster in the morning. I I heard Orny Adams do a joke about this. And I got to tell you, I think it's true. I wake up feeling hungover every day, even though I don't drink. You know That's how it is. If, if, if you guys, if you're out there and you're listening and you're young, and you're like, what's it like to be old after a, a night, like a crazy bender? where you stayed up till about five, six, and you drank a lot. You didn't black out, but you got close. When you wake up the next morning, you know, say three hours later, that's how you feel every goddamn day, all right? And don't drink. Like, if you you get drunk at the age of 40 and above, I'm assuming. I don't know. I doubt it gets better. I can't. Hey, I hit 50. Now I... Everything's great. I don't think it works that way. I think it just gets worse. So if you drink after the age of 40, like, I mean, you just, you, you didn't just ruin the morning or the afternoon or even the evening. That whole day, that's, that's nothing. It's the next two days you're still recovering. If you go out drinking on Friday, I swear to Christ, you're not, you don't feel yourself again till Monday. It is just, it's, it's just not worth it. Any hoosles, do you want comfort? In your old falling apart age. And guys, I got the osteoporosis. I want more comfort than most people. Plus, I'm a comfort creature. Lazy, my wife calls it. I call it a comfort creature. And uh and you're saying what does that have to do with Ottawa? I'll tell you what it has to do with, is I can we we can have a home. That yeah. Can you believe that? A home in Canada? You can purchase a home. It's true, there are some cities where you still can purchase a home. They just aren't Toronto, and it's more than that too. let me tell you something about this. Uh, this middle class being scooped out of out of the world. Let's be let's be real, guys. The entire world is losing the middle class. The distribution of wealth. Oh, my wife was talking about that uh, Me Too movement. She said that somebody. She was doing some, uh, file, you know, and some guy who was, she's a lawyer. And so she was doing this thing and, and the, one of the guys that was, she was working on the file with, he was like, Oh, this, uh, did I say me too movement for this? Sorry if I did. What I meant was uh, Occupy Wall Street. Yeah, guys, guess I've been stressed out. All right. I've been, I've been trying to, um, decide where our entire family should live, not by myself, with my wife, and we have both been just fucking sick on our stomachs because this is a goddamn huge decision, all right? So anyway, my wife, uh, working with the guy in the file, and he said about the Occupy Wall Street thing, he said, this is going to be huge. This is going to change everything. Everything's going to change. Did anything change? Ladies and gentlemen, did anything change? Nothing changes. Nothing. Things do change. People evolve. If there's enough pressure, sometimes that spurs things on to change a little faster. But a lot of times the world is ready for that type of change. You know what I mean? Like when the electric car came out, nobody was ready for that. Back in whenever it came out in the early 90s? I can't remember. You know, uh, d- what well, What's his name? The guy from Arrested Development. He was driving around one for the longest while. There's a documentary on uh, who killed the electric car. It's called uh, fascinating. Ed. What's his name? Ed. Something. His name is Ed. Something or other. Anyway, seems like a super great guy. Very progressive. He. Uh, he had per- He's the guy who has the alopecia on the Arrested Development series. Anyway, I gotta watch that one. The new one. I haven't even bothered to watch that. Okay. Look, I know I'm a little all over the place, stressed out about the house thing. Okay, But Occupy Wall Street, how long did it last? Ten minutes? Five minutes? Here's what I learned at the Vietnam War Museum. That's right. I, I'm equating these two things. This is why you travel, ladies and gentlemen. You travel to learn things, not necessarily about other cultures, because who gives a fuck about other cultures? Am I right? No, but you do learn, of course, about the other cultures, and and you get a little more worldly. But you have unexpected lessons. I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but when I was at the Vietnam uh, War Museum, it was uh, atrocious! It was as bad as I felt in my entire life. Because as as bad as you know, you think it is, it it's worse. You especially like when you're there and you're reading what they went through. And I gotta tell you, they were being like nice about it, you know. And how those people don't every day wake up saying "death to America" themselves. I I, I don't know. Because the atrocities they went through, Jesus Christ. And listen, if you're American and you're listening, i it was no picnic for the United States either. No, the point is, there were bad people in positions of power. Not going to point any elbows over at old Nixon, but you know, there were bad people in positions of power that... Got a bunch of people fighting who should never have been fighting. And everybody suffered. Fucking everybody suffered. Even the idiots who started it suffered. Because they... So anyway, here's the point. Things don't change. You know, by people protesting or doing anything. <laughs> Boy, do I sound cynical right now. They do change, but it's slow. It's, it's slow. And it's when the world is ready for it. This is this is what I've come to in my old age. So the entire world was against the Vietnam War. Basically, people were having protests. And there was people lighting themselves on fire for real, you know, just to, to try to stop it. And the bombing only increased. It only increased oh, more and more and more. And then it stopped. And it was like, oh, it worked. The world's protest worked. It didn't work. What happened was the U.S. ran out of money. They ran out of bombs for real. They were out of bombs. And so Nixon was like, make more bombs. Just, just make, and they said, we can't make any more, Dickie. All oh, dick. We're done. We have no more resources to make bombs. We're out of money. We're out of the materials to make bombs. We just, we can't bomb them anymore. I'm sorry. And he was like, oh, that's too bad. And that's how it ended. Fucking ran out of bombs and money. And that's why I say, ladies and gentlemen, and this wasn't the point I was going to make previously, but I'm making it now. You want to change stuff? You know what you do? Don't give them your money. It's the dollars, man. You're purchasing dollars. It's the only thing that moves the needle. Everything else... You can Twitter all you want, you can Instagram all you want, you can fucking sit around and hold hands and sing kumbaya, but you stop giving them money, and you convince other people to stop giving them money, then fucking look out. Oh, the things changed then, buddy. Oh, they changed then. It's like right now, all the car companies, they're all scrambling to build electric cars now. Where the fuck were you guys? when you were all buying up the electric cars from Ed Bagley Jr. That's his name. You were buying up the cars from Ed Bagley Jr. taking them they 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 said they needed to recall them for some reason. And then they so they took people's cars back and then they smashed them. They scrapped them all and then told the owners, "Ah, fuck you. Too bad." So some guys like I think Ed Bagley Jr. was one of them, they knew something was amiss. They knew badness was afoot. So they kept their cars and they wouldn't give them back. And uh, they, they, you know, they got to keep them. They don't work now. But anyway, these fucking car companies, I don't know who did it. Ford beats me. Somebody did. I didn't watch a documentary recently. Maybe I could have before I started yammering on about it. But anyway. The uh electric cars are oh they're the they're, they're rage, they're all the rage now. Mr. Elon Musk, with his weird accent and his odd looking body, sort of cool and sort of sort of nerdy. I can't I can't really get a good handle on him. Genius though, right? So uh, this guy, now it's now it's fashionable. Now it's in vogue. So everyone's scrambling to catch up. Why? Why, dear audience? Because of the dollar bills, y'all. The dollar, dollar bills. That's it. That's the only thing. They don't give a shit about the environment. They don't give a shit about not depending on Saudi oil. Even though they should care about all that stuff, they don't. They're also goddamn short-sighted. Because, well... uh, all the politicians and all these people all they're thinking about is their next term or the people who got them elected. And by people I mean corrupt money. Oh guys, don't get me started on the corruption. Am I taping this? Yes, I am. Just had to check. Don't have my earphones in. Can't hear myself. So earphone earphones on. Um they're on your they go on your ears, not in your ears when they're a headset. So, the scrambling dollar bills. You know what I'm saying? But here's the problem with life is that I believe in all all these things. I believe in, you know, electric cars, environment, you know, being being a good dude. But life gets in the way a little bit. You know what I mean? And this is why I try not to be too judgy, hippie, hypocritical, judginess people. You know, because I, I, I'm pretty judgy, right? And I shouldn't be. Because here's the thing. Things change, and you're sort of in survival mode. You know what I mean? So I, I'm, I'm 40, right? I don't think I've told you guys that yet on this podcast. And I've got a wife, and, and I have a child. And we live in a pretty cramped apartment right now in Toronto. And we have neighbors who've moved in who must inhale something 24 hours a day. They're sucking on weed or cigarettes the entire day. It is infuriating. Our building was pretty good about it. They came up, they stayed, they came into our apartment, and they were like, oh, shit. Yeah, there's a problem here. You guys shouldn't be breathing in their smoke. We haven't even seen them, but man, I just want to just, oh, I don't want to say what I want to do because then it's on the record. And then somebody finds them in their apartment dead because they burned themselves to death because they smoked in bed because I'm sure they do that. And then they'll be blaming me. Well, it wasn't me. It was them and their idiotic bed-smoking habits. I need an alibi. Where were you on the night of the 28th at 8.43 p.m.? You were in your own vehicle in the parking garage recording a podcast? A likely story, Mr. Bennett. So the building, they, they sealed off uh, their unit, and they sealed off our unit. Like They put like little weather stripping around the door. And also that the smoke won't billow in. The point is, we just... You start to get at a stage where you want things to be nicer. You just... You're not a kid. You know? And you just can't live that way. You're dragging around a toddler everywhere you go. You know, you're kicking toys out of the way. You're trying to deal with asshole neighbors. You just just want a little bit of space. Like, I'll never forget when I first met my wife. She was living in Ottawa, and uh, she was living in a nice place called the Glebe. It's a nice little area of Ottawa, and there was a guy who used to live next door to her. And he had this nice house, but he was clearly a hippie. You know, he was in in his youth. It was just like uh, family family ties. Alex P. Keaton's parents, how they were—that was the whole show. They were hippies. And they, uh, their firstborn son was a crazy, staunch, conservative guy who wanted nothing but money and success in his life. And they were old hippies. And it, it, it was a great dynamic. But so this guy, that's what he reminded me of. A hippie who had gotten a bit older. And so here he was walking around in his Birkenstocks with his hair still slightly long. Just just little, little tells of how he used to be a dirty hippie. Hanging out at Woodstock. And now he's just fucking, you know. There he's got his nice car. He's washing it every friggin' day. Who cares about the water and the environment now? I got my fancy car. But I get it now. I remember at the time I was what? I was, you know, 32 maybe when I saw that guy for the first time. And I was thinking, oh man. You sold out your ideals. I could tell you wanted to be a different dude, but here you are in Ottawa in your cushy big old house in your fancy car. You know, where's your protest now, my friend? Well, look at you cutting your toenails like a civilized human being. You sold out. That's what I was thinking. Right. And I was thinking, I'll never be like that. Look at me. I'm a goddamn stand-up comedian, a globe-trotting comedian. I got things to say. I'm going to get out there. I'm going to say some things, and then people are going to be like, hey, those are things. I should listen to those things, and I'll change the world. I'll stop the next Vietnam War that starts. I'll stop it. But then you're, you're 40, and you got a kid, and you got a wife, and you're out of space. And, and and you're just uncomfortable all the time. Your gut is always pushing against your belt. You know, your muscles, they don't work the way they used to. You don't wake up springing out of bed. You creak and roll out of bed. You just, you sit there in bed for quite a while. And then you slowly just get up with all your bones cracking. Well, especially mine. And then, and I literally spend the first hour of the day just, my hand on my face while I suck down coffee going, oh God, when, when will I wake up enough to chase this toddler around this apartment? Ah, oh, he's got a knife. He's standing on top of the fridge and holding a knife. I got to, come on, Benny, get up off the couch. You got to save that boy's life. Speaking of that, we looked at one final apartment here in Toronto, one last ditch effort as they say to stay here in toronto it was a three-bedroom apartment and it was basically exactly like the one we have except it's three bedrooms and we thought hey maybe this will give us enough room but you know we were just looking at it going this isn't enough of an upgrade we just we just want a little bit of space and a little bit of peace and quiet and plus it was on the 10th floor and even though I'm currently on the ninth floor in my building, we have a pigeon wire set up. So like, we, when we went to adopt our cat from the, um, is that a fucking, oh, he's outside. There was a bug. I thought there was a bug trying to bite, bite me, but he, he's outside. You guys, listen, you don't need to know that. But when we got our cat from the Toronto Cat Rescue, because we rescue animals. Oh, back, we were idealists back then rescuing animals. Nowadays, I'd probably have one genetically bred because uh, that's the type of dude I am. No more principles on this guy. But it had uh, the balcony. So when we went to buy the, the cat, they said, "You do you have an enclosed balcony? And we said, well, we have pigeon wire set up that, you know, so the pigeons won't get in. So technically, it's closed. They were like, "Yep, yeah, that's a, that's good. That's all we're looking for." Because if you had had, if you hadn't had the pigeon wire set up, then you know the cat could jump off the balcony, and um, so we can't let you have her. And I was like, "Well, good for you, looking out for the animals." And this place on the tenth floor, they were saying that uh, you can't put up any pigeon wire. I said, "No, we're not. We, we don't allow it in this building." I was like, well, I have a two-year-old who maybe he's like, you know, like that kid in France. He decides to climb over and dangle off. Or a cat jumps over and my wife's like, yeah, but we'll be out on the balcony. It's not like we I'm like, have you seen a two-year-old? You turn your back for one second. You lean down to sneeze for Christ's sake. The kid has scaled the wall. So I didn't trust it. I didn't like it. Plus, again, it wasn't, it's just not an upgrade you know so in order to upgrade we got to leave this city and we're going to so listen to listen to this just just a little while ago i was a dude driving a prius living in a small apartment in toronto availing myself of the the nightlife of the city being a real artist running around changing things you know and now I have a gas guzzling SUV. We're going to probably move to the suburbs in Ottawa. Buy a big ass house and just uh, pack it in. Become racist. That's next on the agenda. Got to tick that off on the old box. Start voting right wing governments. Who cares? Fuck it. I got mine. You, you want yours, you pull yourself up by the bootstraps, just like we did when we were handed everything by our parents. And because we were born white, had every opportunity in the world, and on top of it, we were born upper middle class. You pull yourselves up by the bootstraps and you stay out of my community. My kids play hockey here. My wife's a little bit worried about that little bit worried about the perhaps lack of diversity where we're going, you know and i'm I'm kind of not worried about that, and I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't want diversity uh diversity is great it's great i just uh just tired of some of the riff raff here in the building, you know you got a bunch of people just uh Chatting me up with neck tattoos. Sitting in the elevator yesterday. Well, I wasn't sitting. You stand in an elevator. And, um... This guy comes in. Very... We have a nice, cordial conversation. You know, he's seems super polite for a Russian gangster. Which is what he is. Clearly. Also, uh... This was the first time he was able to form any sentences, and very well-spoken. Now now that I've seen him in this state, the other state I've seen him in is him screaming at the trash can in front of our building. And Remember, this is a nice fucking building, all right? costs $2,700 to stay in a two-bedroom, a two-bedroom, 800-square-foot apartment in this building. $2,700 is what you pay if you come in right now. All right, And yet I have a man with a neck tattoo screaming in Russian at a garbage can. Not that screaming in any language would be better. I'm not, I'm not trying to single out the Russians. I'm just saying that's what this guy happens to be. And I tell you, man. I don't know. And maybe... Maybe I'm being, what's the word, rationalizing. Maybe I'm rationalizing. But I feel like maybe Ottawa's on the upswing, you know? Not that it wasn't a great city before, but the word on Ottawa is that it's a government town, you know, because it's the capital of Canada. It's where all the government activity happens. It's where, like, the prime minister, old Justin Trudeau is uh, doing his shirtless boxing matches right over there, right in Ottawa, over in the the Rockcliffe area, I believe, where the houses are at least a million five because what's happened to real estate? So it is a government town. And one of the uh, slogans that you often hear is Ottawa, the city where fun forgot. No, wait, the city that fun forgot. That makes more sense. The city that fun forgot. That's the Ottawa slogan. I don't know what the real one is. There's even commercials out right now for an ice cream. I have no idea why, but there's commercials out for an ice cream and it's a vanilla ice cream. So the commercial is you try this ice cream. People go, Oh, this is really good. They go, yeah, that comes from Ottawa. Are we boring now? It's like, so your attempt to say Ottawa is not boring is to give people vanilla ice cream. Yeah. So, This is one of the stigmas of Ottawa. Now, that's not that bad of a stigma, especially when you're an old, grumpy bastard like myself. Maybe boring, not so bad, right? Like One of the places we were looking at here in Toronto to go get to buy a house is uh, Scarborough. And, uh, you know, that's the city that that gun's remembered. You you might not uh, have vanilla ice cream to jazz it up, but what jazzes it up is trying to avoid bullets. Lots of shootings in certain parts. Don't get me wrong, lots of nice parts of Scarborough. We were looking there for real. And it's just, you know, you're, well, maybe we go to the vanilla city. But my point is, before all you people in Ottawa... Lose your mind because I'm coming over. and I don't want you to be mad at me. I have somehow turned on the seat warmer on blast. That's right. My SUV has seat warmers in the back seat because, uh, you know, I'm getting old. Settling in. I enjoy comfort. Yeah, seat is on fire. Oh, my butt. I thought I had peed myself. How old exactly am I? The thing about Ottawa is I think it's starting to turn into maybe a bit of an exciting city. I know. It sounds crazy. But they have all these planned communities and developments, you know, where it's it's still family-oriented. But there's more people coming in. You know, with the world... Uh, you know, poo-pooing immigrants. Ottawa's letting them in, so um, more of the diversity my wife was looking for. You know, what? I turned off the seat warmer. Why is it still on fire? Maybe I did piss myself. So you know, where they're, they're they're bringing in more immigrants. They're they're bringing in uh lots of fun things. You know, there's really great stand-up comics like Mark Bennett moving to the city. It's just I'm thinking maybe. See, my, my, my wife's mother, my mother-in-law, Barbara, old Babs, she said that Ottawa reminds her now of Toronto in the 60s. You know, when it was starting to turn into the city that we all know. That we all know and love. So she thinks this is how, this is the way Ottawa's going. Let me tell you something about old Babs. She's not usually wrong about this. Do you talk about, you know, like I say, you travel? You figure some shit out? That lady been traveling. She knows some shit. And so when she says stuff like that, I go, yeah, you know what? I sort of have that same feeling. I go to Ottawa, because uh, here's the thing. I started stand-up comedy in Ottawa back uh, 15 years ago. And Ottawa was the city that fun forgot back then. I really felt like... It was a um, very suffocating place to live for an artist. I didn't feel an artist. I love when uh, I call myself an artist. Jesus Christ. It was it was a suffocating city for a poo jokist. I felt I couldn't tell my poo jokes to the utmost of my ability. I felt stifled there creatively. And uh, I wanted out. When I went to Toronto, I was like, yes, this feels right. Then I moved to Los Angeles. And uh, that felt right too. But more right about TV. If I had my time back, I would have gone to New York. But hey man, hindsight's 2020! You know what this you know what it's saying? Oh Christ. Oh the regrets. I actually don't have I guess yet you, you ha- once you have kids, right? I think that it's hard to say I've had, I have true regrets. You know, if you like your kid, if you hate your kid, no problem. I can see you regretting your decisions that led you to your shitty kid. But if you like your kid, it's hard to go, Oh, the decisions I made were so fucking terrible that led me to, you know, the most important thing in my life. It just seems, yeah. So could I have done things differently, better? Probably. But here I am, right? And I'm pretty happy. I'm pretty comfortable. It's just, it's been a stressful week. Trying to decide what to do with our lives. Anyway, where the hell was I going with that? What happened? I was talking about uh, moving to Los Angeles. Right, Ottawa. So when I was there 15 years ago, it just... It doesn't feel like it does now. Now when I go there, I don't know. It feels like there's a little bit of electricity in the air, which is what I used to feel in Toronto. And I'll tell you what I feel in Toronto. And this gets back to what I said in the first minute of the podcast. What I feel is a little bit of uh, desperation, a little bit of anger. The middle class scooped out the distribution of wealth, the 1% these Wall Street kids, they fucked up if they had only kept the protests going. Now, like I said, they wouldn't have changed anything. But now you're starting to see the world getting ready for change. Now that people are realizing the impact of having a disappearing middle class, all these fucking rich fucks with their fuck fucks, with their goddamn Sorry about swearing so much. It's just, I get so angry. Like you needed all the money. You needed it all. And now what? Your neighborhoods are all shitty and people are running around shooting everybody and fucking all these poor people. Now now you're you're living in fear. Are you happy? Because instead of $7 billion, you wanted $8 billion? So you took it all from everybody else? And then what do you have? You have cities falling apart and people getting a crime going up and, and uh, kids not getting educated properly. God damn it. And everybody trying to fucking find a place to live and they can't afford it because the rich people bought seven houses. Because God forbid. Anyway, all I'm saying is that you're starting to really see the effect. And I imagine it's the same in, in Vancouver. Uh, and in lots of parts of the world, but I, am just talking about my experience here in Canada and in Vancouver and Toronto specifically, you see people are really struggling. People with very good jobs are now struggling to just keep up and not with the Joneses with their bills because people have had to spend so much on fucking housing places to live or even rent do you know what a four bedroom a uh, four bedroom a three bedroom house to rent we were like why don't we just rent one in the area we like in toronto and people want like eight thousand dollars a month for rent for a three bedroom house i'm not kidding between it's between four and eight and you might get the four in a bit of a you know further from the subway line you might get that four or maybe it wasn't recently renovated. But really, more you're really more looking at six for something you'd actually want to live in. $6,000 a month in rent. So it's just fucking... So nobody can do it, man. No one can buy. No one can rent. People are starting to live on the streets. Crime is going up. Gun violence is going up. People are getting more desperate, and you can feel it. And so Toronto, I used, to, I used to come here, and I used to feel the electricity in the air. You know, guys, I can feel those. I'm an artist, all right? I'm a goddamn artiste. I can sense the vibe of a city, man. I walk right in, I take one whiff, I go, that's good city vibe right there. Just the right amount of warm garbage in the air. And now I, the the vibe I'm getting is, I don't know. And and you think, well, Mark, maybe you're just projecting, right? You're just using, this is your own circumstance. You're feeling frustrated. You're feeling priced out of the city. Maybe you're just putting that on everybody else. Everyone else is still living it up in Toronto. No, no, not. Pick up a goddamn, I was going to say newspaper, Pick up a laptop computer and open it to the news. Read some blogger or however you get your news these days. And you will see story after story of protests to people get trying to ask for affordable housing. They, it, there was a, an article just recently saying that all of uh, Toronto and Vancouver, the hottest markets in Canada, that the people who own homes want prices to come down they're saying it's causing problems you know their neighborhoods are getting shitty and also they sometimes want to move how did i turn on the seat warmer again off stay off maybe the car knows me it's like you need a warm hug you sound like you're really you're really getting worked up there but okay let's see let's see if i can turn it off now Anyway, they want prices to come down. People who own homes, you would think they would want their homes to keep increasing in value. But they're saying like, well, you know, I wanted to, you know, if if they're older, they sometimes want to downsize, you know, go to a smaller home. And other people want to go to a bigger home or switch to a different area and they're, they're they're trapped because even though their house went from 500,000 to 2 million, no joke, that has happened in the last 8 years, 500,000 to 2 million. Those people, the house they're looking at costs 2.5 million. So they're like I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck in my house. I've done all the renovations I can. I want to leave and I can't. It's not helping anybody. And Ottawa hasn't had this type of thing. There's uh prices are starting to increase a little bit there, but you know. Again, maybe I'm maybe it's just rationalization. Maybe Maybe Ottawa's crazy, crazy boring, and, and my career will die. You know, and the only thing I'll have left is this podcast where I rant and rave in my in my garage, would I? I guess I'd have a garage. That's not. Yeah, see, that's kind of nice, right? Nobody walking by the window. I've already paused this thing once, after some guy, some fucking vagrant, carrying his belongings on his back. It was actually a like a seven year old man, carrying some kind of Tupperware. But still, he had a he had a wild look in his eyes. Staring into the car, and he was probably staring into the car saying, Hey, someone left their car on. That's unfortunate. They're gonna drain their battery is probably what he was thinking, not realizing there's a guy ducked down in the back seat talking into a microphone. I don't know. I'm kinda excited. So my wife was saying, Well then, why don't we just go right now? I'm not ready for that. I don't know what it is about me, but I'm not ready to go right now. So I think we'll buy a pre-construction, and then um, it'll take 12 to 14 months to build. And then that's a nice wind-down time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get used to the idea. But if we go right now, we got to go right now. Pack. Oh, the moving. Oh, I don't want to move. I, I'm going to hire people. But you're still, like, still. Packing up and moving is... Is that not the worst thing you can do? That's not an actual tragic event. I I don't know. It is. It's amongst the worst things. So I, that's another reason. Another another point of stress for me, and the wife, is she was saying, like, why don't we get something now, something smaller, like a townhome, and then later we'll upgrade, you know, if we want or we stay there if, or if we want. I'm like, how many times do we want to move? I fucking dread the idea of moving. So now we're going to go there just to move again. I don't know. And right now, while we can still afford something before that market turns into shit and the people of Ottawa start screaming about the disappearing of the middle class. You know, maybe I'll run a comedy room there. I bet this podcast will get more listeners because, you know, it'll be a more concentrated area. And I will say at the end of all my shows, hey, guys. You know, since I was gracious enough to move to your city, to entertain you all endlessly, you could at least tune into the podcast. Guys, how many other world-class comedians are moving to your city? I mean, sure. Sure, they're going to now, now that they heard Mark Bennett's in town. I'm going to start a trend. You know? Everyone's showing up. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. You know, good comedians, they always cover ground. And uh, Tina Fey on 30 Rock, there's this episode where uh, her boyfriend wants to move to Cleveland. And uh, she doesn't want to move to Cleveland because she lives in New York City. And then she's like, I love New York. It's the excitement, the, the fast pace you can do. If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And then she's walking down the street and she's screaming, I love New York. And a hobo spits in her mouth. She's like, oh, let's just go to Cleveland. And my guess is, because Tina Fey has two kids, my guess is she wrote that when she was thinking about either staying in New York proper or moving a little bit out to the suburbs so that she can raise a family without having a homeless person spit in her children's mouth. You know? And that's sort of what I feel like. And also... Again, feel a little, feel a little uh, emboldened, you know, as as they'd say, emboldened to try some new stuff. You know, I'm not saying I'm the only comedian in Ottawa, for Christ's sake. There's lots of great comedians there. Jesus Christ. It's just that, you know, I could start something. Maybe I'll start, you know, some kind of festival. Maybe I'll become huge. And then then everyone will want to attend the Mark Bennett Comedy Festival because, fuck it, I'm not going to call it anything else. I'm going to slap my name over everything. I'll be like Ted Turner. Just fucking, you know when Mark Bennett produces something because that's right in the title. The Mark Bennett Comedy Festival. Come on. Then we'll go watch that movie, the Mark Bennett movie, starring, you know, Seth Rogen. As Mark Bennett. So, guys, that's it for the podcast. I think uh, think we've made some good progress here. Thank you all for listening, and don't you worry, all right? One of the things I fear is change, and I know you're the same. I know you're out there, and you're thinking, Mark, we don't want anything to change ever. I'll always be here doing this podcast as long as This podcast exists. So even if you're wherever you are right now, don't you worry about me going to Ottawa. If anything, if anything, this podcast will only increase in quality. I know that's hard to believe, but it will. So that's it for me. I'll check in with you soon. It's Mark Bennett. I said shut up and good night.